You are listening to the podcast of Anthem Church in Columbia, Missouri. For more information, visit us online at anthemcolumbia.com. Amen. Good morning, guys. Like Stan said, my name is Todd. Um, I am a lay elder here. I have the privilege of serving you guys in that capacity, so thank you for that. It's a, it's a privilege. Um, we are in the book of James, so if you want to open, we're going to march through verse 1 <laughs> today. So uh, don't worry, we're not going to take it a verse at a time for the rest of your lives. <laughs> uh, we are going to cover more verses in the weeks to come, but today it's just one verse. We're just going to get to know the book that we'll be in uh, for this fall. So James, if you uh, have a physical Bible, you might want to mark it because we'll be there um, throughout the semester. So James chapter 1, verse 1. Um, but as you're turning there, um, the book of James, I'm excited to go through it. It actually has played a pretty prominent role in my life. Uh, it was actually a verse from this book that God used to convert me from darkness to light. Um, I was, uh, back in the day, attending, it was 17 years ago, and I actually have a picture of the guy who was in church. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't the day I was in church, uh, but it's around that time period, 17 years ago. That's, that's Todd, <laughs> 17 years ago. And, like, and I don't know if you, you can't, the picture doesn't quite do justice. I have a braided goatee, and it goes, it's, it's off camera. It's like a Tyrannosaurus Rex trying to take a selfie, you know? Like I couldn't get the whole thing in there. My arms are too short because the, the thing was so long. Um, and it had beads in it, and it was braided. And the little, you see like there's like a white strip in it. It's because I had braided it so many times that it got thin, so I had to add like, extensions, like hair extensions into my beard to keep enough of it to braid. Um, <laughs> and I had, you know, the bull ring there and the, the, the labray piercing and the one there and everything. And, uh, and that was me 17 years ago. And that was the guy that was in church. And I was sitting right about there, like right about where you are. Um, yeah, right there. <laughs> put, put your hand up. That's where I was sitting um, in like geographical range, not at this building. It was back in Ames, Iowa at Cornerstone Church. And I was there and uh, this guy's got lots of problems, right? <laughs> Like, you can see, he's got all kinds of problems going on there. Um, I think I, I have even, like, kind of raccoon things, because I think I was tanning a lot, too, for some weird reason. <laughs> like, I was, I was like the guy at the gym who would, like, go crazy on the elliptical and then go smoke outside. <laughs> like, and people were just, like, boggled. Like, what is this guy doing? He's just burned 1,000 calories, and now he's smoking cigarettes. And I had tanned a lot, and I had piercings. And I don't know what's going on. Lots of problems, right? Uh, but the biggest problem this guy had was honestly not, you can't even see it in the picture. The biggest problem I had, I grew up in Northwest Iowa, where everybody's a Christian. I mean, that, what else would you be? I'm Dutch. I'm from Northwest Iowa. That's what we do. We worship Jesus. Um, and that's why I had just grown up around Jesus. Like, that we prayed in school. Uh, it was always like our, our floats at our, at our parades had Bible verses on them. You know, Pizza Ranch uh, played Christian music while you're eating. <laughs> like, I was just around Jesus all the time. So I thought that I was a Christian because I was always around it. What else would I be? And then I came to church in Ames, Iowa, moved there because I was in a band, obviously. <laughs> what else is that guy going to do? Um, and that guy moves for his music, for his craft, you know, because he takes it seriously and he loves it. Um, and so I moved for that. And so I was there in church. And then uh, I was there and Pastor Troy was preaching and I was sitting there. And then he, he mentioned this verse. And I have on a slide, James 2.19. I was sitting there and we're going to get to this later in the semester. He says, you believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. And it occurred to me that morning, God used his word to convict me that I had just been around Jesus most of my life. But the kind of belief I had was about the same as what demons had. 
demons can fill out the, fill out the paperwork, right? They can, they can go in front of God and say, who is God? And they can check the right box. They know that Jesus is God. They're, they're not unaware of who the one true God is. They know exactly who he is, but at least they shudder. They at least do him the credit of knowing what they're dealing with. I was just some punk kid who thought because I could check a box and knew who God was, that's what made me a Christian, because I knew the right answer to the question. I could get to heaven and fill out the paperwork, and that's what makes you a Christian, right? That's what I thought. That was that guy's biggest problem, was that he thought he was a Christian because he had always been around it. And it didn't make much difference, like, what my life looked like. And, and I was at a church where people worshipped Jesus, and they would go through the Bible verse by verse. And I was sitting next to people that I was getting to know, and I was watching them be a Christian. And it was occurring to me slowly, and God was doing a work in my heart before that day that Troy preached. And I was starting to notice, I'm not like some of these other people. Like, we, you know, we both say we're Christians. We wouldn't check the right box on our Facebook profile. And back then, it was MySpace. So that's how old that was. <laughs> um, and uh, I would have checked the right box, but there's something different. These people don't just, like, have a Bible, they read it. And they don't just read it, they do what it says. And if they're not doing what it says, they say sorry and try to change. Whereas I had a Bible that I didn't read because I kind of suspected it might have some things to say, and so I kind of stayed away from it. I didn't want to know exactly what God said because I kind of had a feeling I knew what it probably was going to say. So I stayed away from it. That was that guy's problem. And God used a verse from this book. So it's very personal to me. I love the book of James and um, just love the fact that God used a verse like that to, to, just to confront me and be like, is your belief any different than what the demons have? The devil knows who God is. What, what, what change has it produced in his life? Nothing. <laughs> if anything, he's a more antagonistic about it. He shudders at least. He knows enough to at least kind of Like when he says his name, like when they say Aslan in the Chronicles of Narnia, they at least know enough to kind of like cringe a little bit. Like, ooh, we're dealing with something serious here. He at least gives God the respect to fight against him. (laughs) Like he at least knows, like calls him what he is. I was just some kid who said, I believe in Jesus and the kind of belief I have is enough. That's what God is wanting from me. And so we're going to be studying through James. And James is passionate about this just like I am. Because another thing I have in common with this book is James, the author of this book, his story is very similar to mine. He grew up around Jesus, but didn't believe in him until later in life. He spent a lot of time around Jesus, but didn't believe in him. And that's actually our big idea for this morning. I have it up on a slide for you if you're a note taker. Believing in Jesus is more than just being around him. That's what I had settled for, a life of being around Jesus. I'm around him. I might even have a shirt somewhere, you know, with like three nails, one cross, four given, you know, or something. Like I have one of the, you know, I had something. I had, I had Christian stuff around. But being a Christian, believing in Jesus is more than just being around him. It's going to be something more than that. The demons are around Jesus. They know what's up, but they don't worship him in response to what they know. They don't turn that knowledge into action. They don't love him because of who he is. They don't obey him because of who he is. They just know who he is, and that's not what James or me are after. And we have both personally experienced transformation by coming to worship God for who he is, and we want the same for you guys. And so James 1, 1, we're just going to tackle one verse today. I have it up on the screen for you. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. Greetings. So first of all, this James guy, I told you he grew up around Jesus. He grew up around Jesus more than most. Um, this James, there's lots of James in your New Testament. It was a common name back then. Um, this particular James is Jesus' half-brother. So he is son of Mary, not Joseph. 
uh, son of Mary, uh, well, he's son of Mary and Joseph, sorry, but he's related to Jesus through his mom, not through his dad. Um, Jesus had one father, the father in heaven. Uh, James was uh, the son of Mary and Joseph. So that might actually come as brand new information for some of you. Like Jesus had brothers and siblings. Yeah, he had brothers and sisters. Some of you grew up thinking that like Joseph and Mary had Jesus and then like a really unhappy marriage where they just kind of like were roommates for the rest of their life. Look at the verse here, like Matthew 13. The Bible's pretty clear about this. This isn't like a, a secret, but it shouldn't be blowing your mind here. But Matthew 13, 54 through 56 says, Jesus coming to his hometown taught them in the synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Isn't this Joseph's kid? And is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? Not that Judas, a different one. Also a popular name back then. Um, and are not all his sisters with us? When or where then did this man get all these things? So a couple observations here. Jesus had lots of, not only did he have a brother, he had lots of siblings. So he grew up in a big family. He grew up in a family that looks like my house, where like, we have six kids running around. He had more than that, though. Like, he has at least seven kids in his family, if you're counting. So you have you know, James, Joseph, Simon, Judas, and sisters, plural. That's at least two. So he has six siblings that Jesus grew up with, maybe more, depending on how many sisters he had. Um, and then um, on top of it, do you, do you like, see like the, like the Duggar theme going here? Like They all have J names going on here. So you have Joseph. <laughs> you have Jesus. You have James, you have Joseph Jr., Judas, and then Simon. <laughs> like what they like ran out of, they could, should, couldn't have been like Jathew or, you know, Jekyll or Jimon or like they couldn't have just kept it going. Like really, you're going to stop? Simon's like, well, come on guys, like find a J name, Jeremiah. There's plenty of other legitimate J names out there. I don't know what's going on with that, but apparently they, the one is maybe they had an uncle Simon who died <laughs> or something. They're like, well, we should probably throw him a bone here. But um, so that's Jesus' family, right? And, and so, and even in these verses, we see he comes to his hometown, and he teaches them, and what's their response? They're astonished. They're like, who is this guy? But just like me, just like James, these people spent a lot of time around Jesus. This is his hometown. They know who he is. They saw him on the street playing ball with his brothers. They know him. But this Jesus that they're meeting is different than the Jesus they thought they knew. He's astonishing them. And, it, and he's probably not saying anything new. They're probably just paying attention in a different kind of way. They're hearing him, and they're like, this Jesus sounds different than the one I thought I knew. And maybe, maybe that's you this morning. You've been around Jesus a lot of your life in church, and now you're actually opening your Bible, and you're like, huh, this Jesus says some stuff. <laughs> I did not know that. It's astonishing you. You're like, I didn't know that was ever in there. I, I thought I knew this guy, this Jesus, but he's apparently a little had more to say than I thought he did. And he's very specific about some things that I thought he maybe was just on casual about. Um, and so just like us, this people in this town were astonished when they actually started listening to the Jesus who was um, in front of them. And uh, they started to learn this idea that like, just being around him isn't the same as believing in him. You can be around him a long time and not believe in him. And you can live near him without living for him. You can be very near geographically. You can be around people and conceptually, you can be around it and not be living for it. And so James is actually listed first here probably because he's the oldest brother. So not only was he around Jesus a lot, he was around more than anybody of his other siblings. He was probably the oldest brother and probably logged lots of hours with Jesus. But James, like I told you, didn't believe in his brother. Uh, John 7, 4, verse 5 shows this. I have it up on a slide for you. 
It says, no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. This is James and his brothers talking. They're talking to Jesus. They're saying, hey, no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, go show yourself to the world. If you're such a big deal, like take the show on the road, man. Like you're sitting here impressing all of us in this podunk little town that we grew up in. Start showing people if you think you're so, such a big deal. And look at why they said this. For not even his brothers believed in him. His, I mean, his brothers, James, Joseph Jr., <laughs> Judas, Simon, none of them believed in him. They're like, man, like what sibling doesn't think he's a big deal? <laughs> like, man, like you think you're so, so hot? Why don't you take your show to Jerusalem where, where, where people, big stars perform? They don't perform here in this little town here. They go to Jerusalem. But the reason they said that was because they did not believe in him. James did not believe in his brother. And so when Jesus took his, his ministry public, uh, he, he picks 12 disciples. He, he picks 12 of them, and he starts taking his show on the road. And uh, for them back then, there was like, that sounds a lot like starting your own religion. <laughs> like, that's like if one of your friends was like, hey, I'm going to have 12 disciples, and we're going to have a church in a van and drive around the countryside. You're like, okay, weirdo. <laughs> You're like, okay, that, that sounds kind of crazy. What are you up to? This is getting serious now. Before, he was just kind of had a big head, but now he's like starting a church. <laughs> like, that's kind of weird. And uh, so you see their response to that in March, uh, Mark 3, verse 21. I have it on that slide for you. Uh, when his family heard that he, was, he actually starts to take this ministry public, uh, his family heard it. They went out to grab him, to seize him, and, uh, for they were saying, he, he's out of his mind. Like, he's gone crazy. <laughs> like, he thinks... He actually thinks he's God. This is crazy. <laughs> like, what's happening here? He's actually going and taking a show on the road and traveling around with 12 disciples, like 12 tribes of Israel. What is going on here with our brother, with our son? It would be Mary's perspective on the, the whole deal. And that's the problem. Like, he wasn't just claiming to be a big deal. All of you have siblings, and you, if, if you have siblings, you know that they think they're a big deal. They think that they're, they deserve all of your attention. Uh, but Jesus wasn't claiming to be a big deal. He was going around the countryside saying, I am God. That takes it up a level, right? You're like, oh, now you start to see the urgency. Like, James loves his brother. He doesn't worship him, but he loves him, which is why he's trying to go grab him. He's like, you're going to get yourself killed. You can't go around telling people you're God. That's crazy. Uh, but look at what Jesus says uh, in John 10, 32 through 33. Um, Jesus is talking to some people who have the same kind of problem with them, Pharisees, and they're like, well, this is, you're taking this too far, and Jesus answers them, I've shown you many good works from the Father, for which of them are you going to stone me? They're ready to kill him. And uh, the Jews answered back to him, it's not for any good work that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. They're saying, no, 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 we, don't, we think you're a good guy. We're not stoning you because you're healing people or because you're nice to prostitutes. We're stoning you because you are telling people that you're God and we can't have that. Everybody back then knew the deal. Jesus was going around saying, I am God. Some people chose to follow him and worship him. Some just kind of hung around and wanted bread. Some people tried to kill him. But everybody knew what he was saying. He was saying, I am God. And your response to that was based on that back then. My response back in 17 years ago was I hadn't come to terms with the fact that Jesus was exactly who he said he was. I hadn't really considered the fact that he's God, which if he's God, that means something for me sitting somewhere in Ames, Iowa. My response to him should be different than just checking the box saying, I agree with that. I agree. If he's God, then I should follow him. If he's God, he, he deserves something from me. 
Now imagine this, like if somebody you knew, like somebody you went to college with, somebody you're currently going to college with, make, make it really personal for some of you college students, imagine somebody on your floor says that they are God. What would you do? <laughs> like, what would your response to be to that? Now, especially if you know this person, the first thing you're going to think of is all the reasons why they aren't clearly God. <laughs> right? Like, I've seen you brush your teeth. You are a train wreck. <laughs> There's 0% chance that you are God. There's no way. And if you're a family with this person, you definitely have dirt on them. <laughs> Right? Like, you've introduced somebody to your parents before, and especially if it's like a girlfriend or a boyfriend. What's the first thing they do? All the embarrassing stories and the naked baby pictures, right? <laughs> like, the first thing that they do is to embarrass you, to be like, oh, you like our son. You should know <laughs> that in second grade he pooped his pants. <laughs> like, they want you to know these things. Like, for me, my embarrassing story my mom always told was I was really into Annie, the musical, for some reason. You know, the little red-haired curly girl? <laughs> I don't know. I, was in, I, was, I had five brothers, but they were so much older. I was basically an only child. I don't know. I needed, I needed help. <laughs> I've always needed help, apparently. So I was really into Annie, and we went to my mom's family reunion. And you know you're like at that age where like, you, your mom thinks you're great. And she's like, you should go sing for everybody. Because I was, I was really into like, tomorrow, tomorrow. I was really into that song. You know, it really got me right here. And, uh, <laughs> and so I was persuaded, like, yeah, you're probably right. Like, you know, any little kid who agrees, I'm quick to think, yeah, I probably am a big deal. People need to hear, <laughs> you know? So I went up on stage, but then I did that other thing kids do, which is like, look at me, look at me, look at me. And then everybody looks at you and then they totally freeze. You know that thing, right? Like you want everybody to look at you until they are, <laughs> and then you have a panic attack. And so instead of singing, I fell off the stage and hit my head. <laughs> and, uh, and like seriously, like I blacked out. Like I, don't, my, I only know that story because my mom tells that story <laughs> because I knocked myself out falling off a concrete stage at a family reunion in Indiana. So my mom likes to tell that story to remind people that I am not that big of a deal. <laughs> but also she loves me and she carried me and put ice on my head. Jesus' family would have had those stories. If those stories existed, they would know them, right? If anybody had a reason to think that Jesus wasn't God, it would be people who knew him best people who spent time around him, people who shared a room with him, people who ate next to him, who had to share chores and all responsibilities and be disciplined under mom and dad. Family would have known those stories. Look at what Jesus says in John 8, 46. He stands in front of everybody and says, which one of you convicts me of sin? Can Can you imagine like the audacity to say that? Like if I were to stand up here and be like, who has anything against me? Anybody? Does anybody have anything against me? Like, who could expect to do that and have nobody, you know, like, it's like, I'm giving you free reign. You can say what you want. There's no, I'm not going to be mad at you. Just tell me, what's your problem with me? What, what have I done wrong? Hopefully, some of you would have some things to say because I am a sinner and I have done things wrong. Hopefully, not a lot. <laughs> and hopefully, if it's something like, it's like, why are you bringing up old stuff? I thought we've been over that. Like, hopefully, it's stuff that's, like, you know, been resolved already. Uh, but you'd have, you'd have anecdotal evidence. You'd have evidence against me. The amazing thing is Jesus says this, nobody says anything. Because nobody had anything on him. People didn't like him for various reasons, but nobody had any evidence other than the fact that he was saying he was God, which is either true or not. And if he's not, then that's a problem. But if he is God, then what do you got on him other than that? Nothing. And his family doesn't have anything on him. James doesn't, at that point, bring anything forward. And maybe that's some of you this morning. That was me 17 years ago. I didn't have anything against Jesus whatsoever, like the guy. I think he's pretty cool, you know? 
Seems pretty nice, friendly. He's carrying sheep around all the time. You know, his hair's a little longer than my taste, but whatever, you know. Uh, but, you know, he kind of dressed funny, but whatever. That seemed like that was the style back then. I didn't have anything against him. And maybe that's some of you. You don't really have, if you think of what do you have against Jesus, nothing really, right? You like him. You have warm feelings about him when his name comes up. But not being against him is not the same as being for him. Just because you have nothing against him, just because nobody came forward and had something against him, doesn't mean that they were for him. That was me 17 years ago. I thought because I wasn't against him that that was like somehow to my credit. But that's just obvious. There's nothing to have against him. <laughs> like that's really not saying anything about me. There's nothing to bring up. I would have to make stuff up to not like about him in order to have anything to say. So the question isn't, do you have anything against Jesus this morning? The question is, is there anything about you that is for him? Are you for Jesus? Like, would you say that, that you are for him, that your belief is different than the demons and that what you know, you do something with it? You, you repent of sin when he calls them. When he says something, sin, you agree with him and say, well, you're God, so you must be right. In this scenario, I'm the one who's wrong, so I repent. Help me. Help me, Holy Spirit. Jesus, you said you'd send comfort. Send comfort. I don't know what to do. Help me. Teach me. Show me what to do. Because believing in Jesus has to be more than just being around him. It can't just be being around this whole thing. You have to actually follow him and believe in him. And so this is where James was at in his story. He has a brother who's going around telling people he's God. He doesn't believe in him still. And so what changed for James? Because James is writing a letter in the Bible. So we can safely assume that something happened to James, right? He's not writing as an unbeliever, and we didn't put his letter in the book uh, just because he's related to Jesus. Uh, look at 1 Corinthians 15, 3, verse 8. I have it up on the screen for you. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthians, which a salt company's gone through this year. And he says this. He says, I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, which is old named for Peter, which he appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive. If you want to fact check me on this, most of these people are around. Go ask them. They saw it. Though some of them have fallen asleep. Not everybody. Some people have died just because they were old when they saw the resurrected Jews. Then he appeared to James. Then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me, Paul speaking. So Jesus personally, the resurrected Jesus, personally visited his brother James and said, now do you believe? James watched his brother die. And three days later, or at least three days later, probably somewhere after that, if you're following the timeline, the resurrected Jesus says, hey, brother, what, what about now? You worship me now? <laughs> you believe now? I am the Messiah. I am the one that the scripture promised. He even says, of first importance, Paul delivers this to you, that I died for your sins. I was buried, and now I'm back. Death couldn't hold me down because I am who I said I was. What is your response now? Now that you've seen, now that you've met the resurrected Jesus, am I of first importance to you now? Because to Paul, this was of first importance. Because he met the same resurrected Jesus. And so whatever you thought about Jesus before has now changed. Brother, friend, good teacher, good guy, good hair. Whatever you thought about him before, 
I'm done with that now. He's God. That changes everything. He is God, and so I'm going to follow him. And that whatever kind of belief I had before, that's gone. I believe now in a way that produces something. I'm going to follow him. And that's exactly what James did. We see that back in verse 1. Um, again, like if you can throw that up there or not. But it says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. James doesn't introduce himself as Jesus' brother. Isn't that weird? Like if you were Jesus' brother, wouldn't you bring that up? <laughs> like that seems like important information. <laughs> but James doesn't, that's not the primary relationship he has to Jesus. He's not, yeah, we grew up in the same house. We played with Legos together. That's not his story. His story is, I worship Jesus Christ, and I serve him with everything I have. That's my primary relationship to him. He's God, and that has changed everything for me. It's changed everything for James. And so now he writes this letter, and he introduces it as a servant. That's his relationship to Jesus, is I serve him, which is a very audacious thing to say for somebody back then, for people who believe in one God, who grew up all their life saying, Hero Israel, there is one God. Remember, even Luke mentioned that last week in the greatest commandment. What is the greatest commandment? Hero Israel, there is one God. You shall love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. They knew that, and now they were saying, and that one God walked among us and lived in my house. But it's not about that. It's about the fact that he's God, and that's what matters to me, and that's what the rest of my life will be determined by. So here's my concern for you guys this morning is I imagine 17 year ago, Todd, I was 23, I'm going to turn 40 here next month, I was sitting over there and I was thinking that whatever kind of belief I walked into church with that morning was what God wanted from me. He wanted me just to be able to sign off on him and be like, Jesus is God, sure, got it. But that kind of belief is the same thing that the demons have. And that shook me up. I lost sleep for weeks when I thought about that verse. The demons know that Jesus is God. Wait a minute, what is the difference between me and demons at some point? We both believe that he's God. That can't be the, the thing that matters most because they know that and they're more content just to fight against him. So my concern for you guys this morning is the concern I have for myself 17 years ago. You've spent a lot of time living around Jesus perhaps, but are you living for him? And if not, is today the day that that changes? You stop just being around it and you start owning it. Like this isn't about the t-shirt anymore. This is about me doing it. I'm going to actually read the Bible and do what it says. And you're going to see that throughout the book of James. That's his concern. Are you going to actually follow this Jesus and serve him? And he's leading by example by being like, look at me. Take a, take a note from me. I grew up around Jesus my whole life. Only when I realized who he was did I start worshiping him. And now I serve him with all my life. And now I'm writing this letter to you to encourage you to do the exact same thing. That brand of belief doesn't work. That brand of belief of believing that just, it's enough. I'm Christian enough. I mean, I'm the kind, there's two kinds of Christians. There's the kind that read the Bible and do what Jesus says, and they're the kinds that sign off on the Facebook thing, and that's it. And there's, and you, that kind of belief isn't a thing. And I needed to hear that. A Sunday morning, 17 years ago, I needed to hear that that belief wasn't going to cut it. And it wasn't about, do I have anything against him? It was about, do I have anything for him? Am I living for him? And at Anthem, the way we respond to hearing God's word is by taking communion, by receiving communion. Communion represents what Jesus has done for us, exactly what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15. He died for our sins, buried and rose again from the dead. And, and taking communion can be like a common thing. You've grown up around it. This isn't your first rodeo. You've seen bread before, right? I'm guessing so. You're like, bread, what is this stuff? Bread? 
Well, that sounds good. I'm going to try some. Like you've, you've been around bread before, so much so that you probably, it's, it's normal to you. And even taking communion is something you've probably done a bunch of times. But today, I want you, before we take it, take a moment to consider what it is that this represents. Not just being around communion, but actually believing in what it represents, that Jesus died for your sins, just like the Bible said he would. That he was buried and that he rose from the dead, just like the Bible said he would. Now it's your move. Are you going to serve him and worship him and believe in him and live for him? Or are you going to leave here and just settle for a life of being around it? being associated with it loosely. My prayer for you today is that you'd be like me 17 years ago. I needed to get smacked in the head because that guy had lots of problems, but his biggest problem was that he thought he was a Christian and he wasn't. The biggest stumbling block to me believing in Jesus is that I thought I already did until I saw what believing in him actually was. And then God did a work on my heart and I simultaneously felt really bad that I had lived that way and I simultaneously wanted the thing that was being put in front of me. I didn't just feel bad for how I had thought about it, but now a new love and ambition to do the thing that it was actually calling me to do now was stirred inside me, and I wanted to believe the way the Bible was asking me to. And so that would be my prayer for you guys this morning. So I'm going to pray. The band will come up when they're playing. Approach the table, take a piece of the bread, dip it in the cup, and receive communion for what it actually is. Jesus' body broken for you, his blood spilled for you so that you, a sinner, might walk free and serve him knowing that he is God, and he deserves it, and he is alive and there to help you. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, the clarity it provides. Thank you just for the book of James and that 2,000 years ago, you inspired your brother by appearing to him uh, to change the way he thought about you and to go from just being around you to being all in for you and living for you. And thank you that you changed that by uh, introducing yourself to him in that way and power Thank you that you did that for me 17 years ago. I pray that you continue to do that in the hearts and lives of people even today and that uh, just in that belief we can be changed uh, from people who are just around something uh, to being all in for it. And um, yeah, I pray you'd um, just be with us this morning as we take communion, that we would think about what we're doing and that it would uh, produce fruit in our hearts and in our lives. And as we go out through the week, that it would begin the process of living for you, not just around you. Um, In your name we pray. Amen.